Welcome to No Life Fresno. Come with us and meet your neighbors as we dive into the world of Fresno art, music, food, culture, and everything in between. Well, howdy, howdy, all. This is Jonathan Lofi with No Life Fresno, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, uh, Amelia Guadarrama. Um, and we're hanging out in the backyard of my house. Um, and there may or may not be a dog interrupting. Um, <laughs> so bear with us. <laughs> um, Amelia is uh, a songwriter and in band uh, Sci Fi Caper, um, Sunny Dales, um, writes a zine. Is that correct? You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all around badass. So, welcome to No Life. Um, what is your relationship with Fresno, and how long have you been here? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my relationship with Fresno is I am a born and raised Fresno. Um, I grew up in the Butler Park area, so like by Pacific University, yeah. um, Escueta Center stuff like that um, and that's where I spent most of my life in that area I spent a little bit of time in Clovis or like in the Tarpy area um, but yeah I've been a Fresno resident my whole life so I'm a Fresno through and through I like that so between Butler Park like Fresno Pacific area and mm -hmm. Tarpy Village do you do you have a preference on either oh, or? God, no yeah Butler Park for sure <laughs> um, and if you're not familiar with that area, and if you're as old as I am, you may remember uh, like a Fresno Uncensored tape that came out like years ago. <laughs> yeah, and so. Yes, I actually do recall that. I remember watching that. I actually spent a little time in Mendota, California, and while I was living there, uh, that tape surfaced, and um, I was watching it, and I was like, that's my house that I grew up in. <laughs> So it was pretty funny to think, and like my neighbor was doing donuts in that video, and I was like, "That's Shannon, I know that guy." So, yeah, that that was the, <laughs> those were my formative years. That's where I spent like you know my childhood, um, yeah. and and going up into my like mid teens. Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's real. Oh. I only spent a little bit of time in like the Tarpy area, yeah. not too much time. Um. So like playing music mm -hmm. and you've been around in, in, in the scene for like 2011. Yeah, you've been around for a while. I mean, I've, I mean, I've, I've we grown up together in this in this area um, playing music. Yeah. Um, and we played shows together, and they've always mm -hmm. been a great time. Um, when did you start playing bass? Um. Okay. So, I mean, I wanted to play an instrument at a young age, but. I mean, we were kind of poor, so my grandma tried to find me instruments. I, they bought me, like, a keyboard when I was, like, eight. Um, but I, I didn't really have a lot of guidance or help, like, learning, so I could only do basic songs. And so it wasn't until, like, I got into, like, high school, I was like, man, I really want to learn how to play guitar. Um, but it, she couldn't find me one. <laughs> but when I graduated, one of my friends gave me her acoustic guitar because she was like, I don't like doing it. I have to learn so many things, and I don't want to do it. So she gave me her acoustic guitar, and I took, like, a classical guitar class. And I met uh, musicians through that, and um, you know, I met my boyfriend out of high school, going into college, and he played guitar, and he taught me how to play. And uh, he had expressed wanting to wanting to start a band, 
and he was like, I want it to be all women. <laughs> He's going to hear this and be like embarrassed, but he wanted the band to be like supported by women. And he was like, I need to find a bassist. And I was like, I'll learn how to play bass. Let me play bass. So um, we bought a bass. Um, I still have the amp that we had bought. Um, it's a little tiny like Fender Sidekick. It's still kicking. The Sidekick, that's a cool model. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. It was off of eBay. It was really cheap and I still have it. And my bandmate, Mike Flora, is always like repairs it for me if I need help with it because <laughs> it's still going um, and that's how I started playing bass like I was just it was probably out of like a jealousy of like I don't want other girls coming into this band. Okay. <laughs> unfortunately you know it was a different time I was like 19 yeah. Um, and yeah so I learned how to play bass and we would just do like bedroom pop together where we had like tons of tapes and um, CDs just full of riffs that he would come up with and we would add to um, and that's like the early stages of sci-fi caper I guess um, and we didn't really come out until like 2011 and start playing shows until then. So this is starting in like 2001, 2002. Okay, so that's sort of the beginnings of like the idea of mm -hmm. kind of starting this sort of uh, what is the begin you know the beginning birthing or like the yeah. remnants or like infant stages of sci-fi caper, which mm -hmm. will be like coming later in the fold. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I kind of also like leading into the question, and you already answer some of it like what, what inspired you to play bass I honestly wanted to play guitar first I don't okay. know what it was about guitar I was like I want to be a guitarist I want to learn how to shred I want to <laughs> I want to be a shredder but I mean I didn't really take too well to it at first it was fun like learning and when you got something it feels really good right um so I learned how to play like Malaganya or something on acoustic <laughs> and um I don't know, bass just felt really fun, and there's so many, like, amazing, uh... <laughs> oh, no! Zena! Uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the, I mean, there's tons of bassists to, like, look at in history, like Kim Deal and Kim Gordon, and, you know, there's tons of badass bassists, Darcy, and um, I forgot the name for, like, the girl in... Rob Zombie's band, but or in White Zombie, but you know, it was like, yeah, that looks like a really cool instrument, and these women really know how to like be present with it. Like, it, it can yeah. be a very important part of music. Because um, I didn't really realize how, honestly, I didn't know how important like a rhythm section is. And you know, starting to play music with other musicians, I felt like a lot of pressure. Like, oh shit, I have to really be on beat. Um, and be creative. I felt really guilty at first because I would just play what they told me to. Yeah. And I couldn't, I would, didn't have the confidence to be creative yet. Um, so it was kind of a hard start. I didn't feel I have a lot of confidence, but I mean, I stuck with it and I didn't realize, you know, how important of a part the bassist plays in a band. And, and that's just kind of been the progression. Like, okay, yeah, I really, really, I can't see myself playing guitar too much, even though I have guitars. <laughs> So, like, you've been talking about how, in your mind, like, how Sci-Fi Cape is sort of formulated. Yeah. And so, like, with the origins of how Sci-Fi Cape is started, so like, you know, you've been talking about how originally you wanted to play guitar. Yeah. Um, and it's, do you write the songs for Sci-Fi Cape? I do, like, melody mm -hmm. and lyrics, of course, but, like, the actual riffs came from Sam. Sam did all the riffs. Mm -hmm. Um and he was really good at riffs. He just kind of had like a whole library of them and we would just listen to him. And like, I had a keyboard at first and our first show was actually with like um, 
a synthesizer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, that was the idea at first, just because it was very melodic, um, a lot of, like, melody. Um, and, you know, bass came later when we got George, our drummer. So, yeah, I mean, I don't write, I don't come up with the actual, like, riff or anything. Like, the riffs came from Sam. And but I you write the lyrics. Correct? I write the lyrics yeah, I mean, that's, that's and your, the melody. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, song, that's songwriting. <laughs> but it usually started with him coming up with like, okay, so I got this. This is how you guys collaborate. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's the question I'm asking. That's every, how we collaborate. Every every band or any you know any collaboration or any with the group of people is answer yeah. different. So I guess that's what I'm trying to ask. I just always wanted to be very mindful, like of who, like how important their roles were. Yeah. Um, because it and then this may maybe someone will resonate with it, and, and you know just coming from a, a place of like insecurity and things like that, and never wanting to appear like um, an egomaniac sure you know because you you do hear stories like of musicians who are, have to be in control of everything and right. want to take credit for everything even though it's they shouldn't take credit you know and and that's something I've always wanted to be mindful of and I felt like I maybe wasn't always mindful of I don't know if I was or not but I I felt that maybe I wasn't and so that's why I think you know I try to put importance on like how Zan! <laughs> Jesus. How important, like, a role Sam and George play in, in the band. Come here, Zena. <laughs> <laughs> to give you backstory, I watched Zena for a weekend. Yeah, We're so homies. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a dog in our backyard. <laughs> she was in my backyard for two days. No life is an animal friendly. <laughs> that's right. So, um, I think that's really, that's really awesome that you say that, because... You know, I'm sure a lot of people can in the audience, or people that are creative in general, when you're working with other people, there is that sort of egos and, and navigating that. And, and, you know, I mean, I remember being in my 20s and younger, and there's, you know, I think we're a little bit older now and we're reflecting, like, oh, I could have done that differently. Yeah. But, but I think the, the coolest thing is, is like, okay, like, that happened then, and it's like, how are we going to move forward in the future? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really, that's really cool. I think just kind of um, approaching, because even just being asked to participate in this, like I don't, I humble myself in knowing that I haven't been around that long, um, really only since like 2011. I wasn't, you know, at the shows at the Belmont or anything. I haven't been a part of any scene in particular um, for very long at all. But I do know that like I have reached younger people who saw me and we're like, oh, I could do that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you could totally do this. Like, and you know, being being able to foster that and encourage it is, that's kind of just been like, really, really the best experience of all of this, to be honest. So, I just want to be mindful, like, of my experience, even though it's not extensive and I haven't been around forever. And I'm not going to be like, yeah, I've done time on this blog. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I do. You, ha you have. I've done a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, that, and, you know, it, there's, it's very rewarding in that way. Like, we, I think I speak, I, I feel like I can speak for my bandmates in saying, like, we mostly do this for fun because we have, like, boring, unexciting jobs. And, I, I mean, I don't right now. I made, like, a career change, but I know my bandmates, like, really appreciate that escape and having, like, the outlet to be artistic and Absolutely. something yeah. outside of their other, you know, mundane the mundane, what is it? Mundosity? <laughs> I don't have a thesaurus this next to me. But. Like right up. <laughs> that is not a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it to the comments. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it it's for fun. 
because you know, there's people who are like, you need to be making money. And it's like, I, we would get so much slack for like not selling shirts for very much and CDs and stuff. And I still get that for not selling my zines. Because um, it's for fun. Like we do it as a passion and, it, and it's no, just for fun. Just quick segue, your zines, like that's something, what's your zine about? My zine, okay, and, and, and I'll talk about like <laughs> feeling like a little bit of intimidation and um, imposter syndrome because you could feel imposter syndrome anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and zines were something that I thought were so cool and I like I wanted to make one in high school but I just didn't have, again, confidence. Like I didn't have enough confidence in myself that anyone would even read it or care that I made it and then, you know, it took a long time to realize like you make it for yourself, you know, yeah. and you make it because you enjoy doing it. Um, and I was so concerned with like, man, people are going to hate it. Um, so zines were something I, I definitely had an interest in, you know, when I was a kid, I would read like Seventeen Magazine and they did like a feature on zines and I was like, that sounds so cool. And like Tower Records, you know, on Blackstone, they yeah. had like a little zine section too. And it just seemed like a cool way to talk about the things that you really love. Um, and so when we started, well, I don't want to say we started, but when the zine fest started here in Fresno's. I don't remember what year, but it's been a few years now, um, the one that Priscilla puts on at least, um, the Fresno Zine Fest. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to participate in some way, yeah. and the thing that you know, I care about most is music. Um, it's my love language, it's how I speak like to the universe, you know? And it, there's something like, that's something I'm realizing my, with myself as well, maybe people that are listening, can, mm -hmm. that resonates with them, because it's like, it's weird, like sometimes my mind, can't really um, process how yeah. to speak something, so then I'm like, like playing. articulated. Yeah, and also I'm playing. I'm like, oh wait, like I can. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I understand <laughs> that. That's really that's really awesome. Yeah. So I knew it had to be about music, and like in the early 2000s, um, I would listen to was it 90.7, and the DJs. Um, okay, Vassar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember hearing like you know just kind of something that wasn't on the radio, right. um, because I would mainly listen to like Weezer or something or like Super Drag or something mm -hmm. and it was cool to hear like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and I was like oh shit what is this so it really did expand like my musical taste that and like 120 minutes with like Matt Binfield <laughs> which One, I still watch minutes, like yeah, on YouTube yeah, yeah like 120 minutes um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was a good show. It was, yeah. yeah. And like for nostalgia, like for healthy, happy nostalgia, I'll I'll go look for YouTube like playlists of that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was just something different. And I heard like this band called the Parcels, and I want to say that was just like the the seed that got planted, because it was called a song called Green Means Go, and I became obsessed with finding this band, and they were from like Athens or something, mm -hmm. and it was like indie pop, and then I discovered like Kindercore and like. Twee, and that was it. That was, began my love affair with like that genre and that those subgenres. So you know, like you start discovering bands like from Sarah Records and stuff like that. And I mean, I would just find anything I could. Um, and my partner at the time, he was really helpful in like, hey, I found this band from Whittier. I think you'll like them. It's an all-girl band. They play like jangly pop. And so I would, you know, got exposed to all these really cool bands, and I kept all those MP3s like on a portable yeah. hard drive. <laughs> I kept them for so long, and so when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, I'm going to make a mixed CD with all these like really cute, jangly, poppy bands that no one probably cares or has heard about. And I'm going to make a zine talking about those bands, and you'll get to listen to who they are. Um, and so I'm pr it's probably not legal 
you know, because I don't have rights to those songs. But I mean, I wasn't really making a, any money. I had to sell it to make up for like the CDs that I bought. But um, it really didn't matter. I just wanted to make sure people like actually heard, you know, Brave Irene and the Parcels and yeah. you know the Fresas and stuff, <laughs> See, it, it, so that they can live on. That's awesome. Um, and I think that lends like for audiences that may not know uh, Sci-Fi Capers. Like, how would you describe the sound of Sci-Fi Caper? Because they, I mean, I know what it is. I know we have no we have no scene. Um, because we're kind of all over the place. Like sure. you have, it's like a, a Frankenstein of different sort of pop genres and punk genres and all the subgenres. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, my biggest influence though, influences at least growing up were like Weezer. I loved Weezer. Yeah. And um, I was not ashamed yeah, at what, the time. What's, what's your favorite album by Weezer? It was, it was the Blue album. Okay. Yeah, that's... cause that's what like, that was what birthed my, um, I was like, wow, this is so poppy, it's so fun, it's so catchy. Um, and as a fan, I stayed a fan when Pinkerton came out and people were trashing it. <laughs> I think Pinkerton's amazing. It's so good! I, mean, I love Weezer, Blue, but Pinkerton, Pinkerton is was like, the like one, a, yeah. There's like a certain something about it. It was very raw and like, um, <laughs> it was very exposing because I mean now it cannot really stand on its legs because there's like misogyny and like right, some yes. weird shit written about in it. Um, but as like a 16 year old, I was like <laughs> relating. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I remember like doing a CD exchange with a friend. She was like, give me your favorite record. And I was like, okay. And she gave me hers and hers was like, ugh, like a Smashing Pumpkin, Pisces Iscariot something. I don't know. And and I was like, okay, cool, I'll listen to this. And then I gave her Pinkerton, and when we gave them back to each other, she was like, this was awful. Did you even listen to the lyrics? <laughs> I was like, I did, and I related in a weird, creepy way, because I've always <laughs> thought of myself as, like, a girly creep. I don't know. I related. I was like, yep, I feel that. Yep, they never like you back. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know? It, yeah, um, it's, I guess it's it's crazy getting older, and then we're like, as as kids, we're like, oh, this is, and then you mm -hmm. like have this fodder, and then we, like reflect back, going, wait, mm. oh wait, that's a bit, that's, that's a bit messy. That's not, yeah, that's super messy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Sci-Fi Caper was very much like, if it's just like Sam and I coming up with songs, we really wanted to kind of take the inspiration from those like jangly poppy sure. bands because they were doing it very stripped down, whereas like you know you have the blue album being produced by like what's his name albini or whatever mm -hmm. and um but still have like that fun sort of element to it and and still have like a you know some punk to it like i would never call myself a punk so because green day was like the closest to punk i got mm -hmm. at that time which is still punk people still argue you know they they've been around forever and did their time put their time in as well um and so we kind of wanted to have like those elements and like you know they're they're inspiration was like Nirvana um, and they came and brought that in and so we kind of just mixed all those little elements and kind of didn't really fit in with anything <laughs> I mean I think that's why I love about stuff like people always mm -hmm. have um, what is like one of your favorite memories like playing with sci-fi like, yeah like one like memory that like, I have one that out. always stands out because it was like in the early stages of the band like our first, it was like we weren't even. We started in 2011. We weren't even out of 2011 yet. Our first show was like in July, I think, mm -hmm. and it was like our next show was in September. And um, Chris Perez uh, helped us get booked at um, Gilman. Okay. Yeah, and we were like, oh my god, we're going to play Gilman. <laughs> what? We haven't even been playing that long, you know? So that's it was like so a, that's a that's a huge honor. 
yeah and so we get there and like all of our pals are there and it's like wow this is so cool and i just vividly remember fucking up so badly like <laughs> more than one song <laughs> and like i yelled out audibly like not at gilman <laughs> so that's like one of my favorite and yeah, that, that, it's like, it was very humbling. Like, So you're saying it was your favorite memory, but also incorporating an embarrassing memory? An embarrassing, okay. yeah. You gotta, you know, you gotta get humbled by the universe sometimes. They think, you know, you think you're hot shit for a second and it's like, oh yeah? Okay, we'll see about that. You know, that's one of my favorite memories. I love that story. It's just great. Kill me! No! I'm sure it's that feeling like, you know, you're starting out and you're so excited mm-hmm. and you get there and in your head you have this expectation. Like, I got this. I know these songs. And, like, <laughs> and it just like falls apart falls, and it doesn't. You're just but, watching it fall apart. Like, but then out, you never know. Outside of your mean, body. It's very possible. Like people really enjoyed what you were doing. Yeah. Maybe, that is what I've come to discover yeah. about playing live is that people don't know when you're fucking up. Yeah. More often than not. They're just excited to be there and watching the band and like you're walking away like fuck man I really fucked that whole setup and we're just like upset like man yeah me too and then like someone comes over and is like that was so good and you know you go yeah thank you wow thank you so much yeah. <laughs> knowing that you you really were terrible <laughs> and that's the thing too that like you were talking about earlier about the imposter syndrome mm. and. Speaking for myself and possibly people listening mm-hmm. would understand this is something I have been taught or told is like if, if you mess up and someone gives you a compliment, don't yeah. tell them that because it don't. takes the confidence like out like they like they believe in you. Yeah. And it's like you know, you, you have your close friends like that know. Yeah. And that's a different context of like. It's really, also like a part of etiquette too. Yeah. Um, as you know, like just taking a compliment, and that's hard to learn. Like growing, and, and I'm sure we all have different experiences and why we feel like it's hard to take a compliment. But especially music, and especially if you're feeling like an imposter, and you know you didn't do well, but someone they have no idea that you, you know, made a small mistake, and you're beating yourself up for it, and they just want to tell you how great you did. And yeah, you know, I, I feel like I've learned. And I learned early, like, to just be like, thank you so much and just be gracious and, and, yeah. and you know, have gratitude for that because they don't even have to approach you. <laughs> and they choose to approach you and tell you something really nice. And, that, and it means a lot. And I've learned, I've learned that, yeah, to, to just be okay with, like, not being great and, and someone not, like, noticing that even and just being like, hey, you did really good. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. <laughs> And you try to take that in life, I guess, anywhere you go. Because, I mean, just in, like, the career-wise, like, I feel like sometimes I just i am doing a terrible job and I'm getting, like, kudos. And it's like, really? Oh, okay. I'm going to take it. Thank you. Um, speaking of, like, cool things happening and things on the horizon, so, like, what's new with Sci-Fi Caper? Uh, uh, what's on the future? Yeah. We, um, before, like, COVID hit... Um, and I don't know, I guess it would be okay. Like, I, Sam and I dated for many, many, many years, and we had a breakup in 2019. And, you know, it was kind of like we had agreed that Sci-Fi Keeper would be something we'd still do, especially because we still had, like, a lot of songs that we had written that we were just kind of waiting and sitting on to start recording. Yeah. And we actually did start recording, like, because we don't really have a lot of money to go to a studio or anything. We don't really have, 
connections in that way. And so we've always just recorded in George's garage. And we kind of had new equipment or different equipment now, not quite the same. Um, so we were just thinking of ways of how we could record it and then the breakup happened. And once we kind of parted ways like physically where I was in a different space, um, I wasn't sure Sci-Fi Caper was gonna happen anymore. Sure. Um, but you know, we gave it a year, we became friends again and you know, we just kind of realized how important like that the band played in our lives and how proud we are of what we've done. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just been like home recordings, I still am very proud of the, the songs that we've made. And it, and we have still like a whole album that we could possibly record, but we're still like, there's some that I don't like and there's some that they don't like. And <laughs> we're like compromising and like, okay, which ones are we gonna do? So it was really nice to get back into it. Um, George is our drummer and he lives in Mendota. And so he's kind of far and hit, we, you know, I would check in on him for his birthday and stuff like that. But we kind of were just like, hey, we're ready to start playing again. You down? And he was like, yes. <laughs> so um, so we've been playing and, and playing all of the, the songs that we had left behind. And um, yeah, we're really excited. We have like 13, I think, maybe more. Damn. I know. And so That's we're kind awesome. of trying to decide on like how to release them because some of them are so different than the others. Um, it's not all cohesive. They're all written at different times, you know, things we're going through. So, um, yeah, we're just figuring out. So there is stuff that's going to come out. It's just a matter of, like, how are we going to record it and how are we going to distribute it and put it out there. But uh, it should, like, with uh, we were hoping by the end of the year. Cool. Yeah. You, you guys, I saw a flyer about, so segueing into another band you're playing mm -hmm. in. Like, so I saw a flyer mm -hmm. because Carl... <laughs> Is coming out of high like, Manus Watch. Like, you guys are playing like Sci Fi Caper mm -hmm. and Sunnydale's. And mm -hmm. what's that show about? Like, I saw a flyer. I think I'm like, you guys are playing it a show. Sort of happened. Is, is that, is that, that's actually happening, yeah? Yeah. I'm excited so about it. There was a band that was like being booked that were, um, turned out to not be such great people. Okay. And so we were like, we're not playing that show. The, that, we're just not going to play that mm -hmm. show. And then, you know, Mantis Watch is like, oh, fuck that. We're not going to play that show either. And then so um, my bandmate, Matt, uh, got put in charge of booking a new show. <laughs> he was like, well, since you guys were going to play it, do you think you'd be down if all of our bands just played? And so that's how it came about. I, I love it. <laughs> the responsibility, responsibility of booking it got left on him, and he was like, well, help me out, guys. So, um, so we helped him out. <laughs> and that's why we're all playing. All three of us are playing in our three different – because Matt, Mike, and myself – all have a separate band each so we have a band <laughs> together and then our three bands are playing as well <laughs> and I, I love it it's um, pretty funny <laughs> i think it's incredible that's i mean usually how it works in fresno like yeah you know i've been in bands where we just we all share each other yeah and so that's <laughs> so you the way, pretty much book a full show you can and i think all your that bands. lends to a hand of like because there's a amount of trust there mm -hmm. um and and we know each other, so mm -hmm. there's a, a feeling of like, okay, I I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, Sunnydale's like, you know, you. Oh man, yeah, that's Sunnydale's. A, that's a really cool uh, development as well. I want to say, well, because Matt Molesky, who is in Mantis Watch, mm -hmm. he had all these songs written about Buffy the or episodes of Buffy the mm -hmm. Vampire Slayer. And I guess him and Mike had talked about it, and Mike thought that was so cool, and was like, hey, can I record those songs? Yeah. So they started recording the songs, and Matt was like, I never intended for this to be a band. <laughs> so, but like, it, it, Mike loved the idea, I guess, and so they started recording the songs, and um, 
I was out one night having drinks and you know I'd had a few already and they were like yeah we just need a basis and I was like uh hell yeah I, I just don't know what to do if I need a basis I, I, like it's just like well hey I can do it you know and so I like agreed to I was like yeah I'm down let's do it and that's how it happened pretty much and we had our practice and it was really fun and yeah and I mean I was I watched Buffy but I wasn't ever like a diehard Buffy fan I watched every episode um, but you know, it, they're they're fun people. Like I love Mike and Matt, and yeah, it's been so much fun. And and Mike is very, um, you know, he just puts out an email like, "Hey, can we get on the show? Hey, can we get on the show?" And like, he's got that kind of a bit where I don't. Like I'm such a lazy booker, I will not try to get us on good shows. <laughs> and he got us like a, a punk rock bully. Uh, yeah, was, that was like, fantastic. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, like, holy! Thank you, Mike, because that's like all Mike. Uh, just putting us on like a waiting list like That's yeah great. we're on a waiting list and like they hit me up and I said yeah so I hope you guys can play <laughs> and yeah that I would have never thought you know so it was really cool and that's Sunnydales have offered like brought up these opportunities that I never thought I would have um, and also I get to be in like a cool band with you know Mike and Matt and like I I love the way Matt and Carl harmonize with each other yeah absolutely. and they have such good harmonies together they're really classic you know in that way and mm. I was like man I, I hope I don't let Matt down <laughs> and it's been so fun I've had so much fun with them I mean Matt and Matt's an amazing human being and, and uh, I love Matt such uh, a good bassist guitar he's a good uh, songwriter too oh, great songwriter yeah yeah he's great and so like yeah when I was like hell yeah I could be band with Matt hell yeah I want to be the band with Matt and Mike so yeah it's been it's been awesome I've I've loved every second of it I, I really love all this about like just watching you grow up and and being like alongside observing um, watching your craft um, I think you're really talented um, thank you Jonathan it means really it really means a lot it, it does and even when you would just kind of come over and say hey I heard you're doing this that's so cool like it really meant a lot and I appreciate that um, yeah, and our community, like, I know that's been splintered and it's come back together and it's splintered, you know, like, friendships have bond, like formed and broke apart and, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard and it makes you sad sometimes, but at the same time, like, it's such, music is such a thing that no matter what, it's still going to bring people together. Right. And you're still going to form community in spite of it sometimes, you know, yeah. so it, it's been such a... A fun experience and now like I feel like <laughs> I'm not even an elder but just based on my age alone because I started so late like it feels really cool to be able to go and support younger bands yeah, and absolutely. just see them like grow and turn into like these crazy good musicians and be like oh, I remember when they were in high school and <laughs> <laughs> um, you know us knowing each other for over the years um, Kind of leading to the next question, um, what do you like about Fresno? What do I like about Fresno? I don't know. Could it be that I like, I feel like Fresno is always a decade behind everything. Um, and you kind of, what I like is that it's not hopeless. Like you can be... You know that that saying? It's like be the change you want to see or whatever. <laughs> yeah, be the change. I mean, you, want, you to see. want to be that, but sometimes there's just so many obstacles. Um, but like Fresno keeps me hopeful, and yeah. like and and just even this podcast, like you know, I know that like 
Christian isn't a Fresno native, right. but like you can see that he sees something in Fresno uh, that deserves to be talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and we, I've had friends who've come from nice cities who love Fresno and they still have like a soft spot of, for Fresno in their heart. It's not the best city, and like I said, we're usually like a decade behind on most things, but. I think we have wonderful people here, and if you can find them, you're blessed because there's some really good people in Fresno, and that's what I love. Like we have some hidden gems, like all over the place. And what hidden gems are you? You don't share those things, or? Oh no! Like I'm just people don't know we have a Chinatown. Yeah, that right. <laughs> probably leading into like next question of like how Fresno can have opportunities to improve yeah and that's kind of the thing it's like where where do we go because there there are ways it's just i think some of us don't know how Mm -hmm. to bring them to life without it being like a bar Mm -hmm. you know like we don't have any all ages venues anymore but there was a point like in 20 what 20 2009 10 11 where there was like all ages there was a cyc right there's a bell tower Mm -hmm. um was the belmont all ages too yeah. I think it was closing, or it was, like, shutting down around that time. It was, but, yeah. But we had, like, two really cool, like, um, they were just sort of, like, building up a, what is the word, like, um, a sort of, oh, what's the word, like, a prestige, like, a punk prestige of, like, there were people who would come from out of town and be like, I want to play at CYC, or, like, yeah. you know, and be really stoked to be there, or even Bell Tower. And when Bell Tower closed, people were like, man, I really wanted to play there, you know, it was starting to build, like, a little prestige, and it sucks that they got shut down and you know and I think that's what Fresno could really really use but at the same time I think like our youth are probably just tired and are willing to travel you know and go to other cities to attend all ages shows if they have to or I don't know I hope it comes back I really would like to see um you know if I had the time I would love to be able to facilitate something like that and all all ages venues you know in the vein of like CYC volunteer based sort of things. I think that's really important. Um, it builds community yeah. and it builds like a pride and like you you're working to keep this alive. Yeah. You know. And um it would be really cool. And I'm sure I don't know like I said I'm not really that in depth into the scene like I kind of am I'm a floater where I can kind of just go from here to there. Sure. And like uh and it kind of it would be really nice to be a part of something like something substantial where we can have like safe spaces for younger people and i i completely agree with that and, and you know there were s- spaces in the past and mm-hmm. then, you know they get shut down for various reasons yeah for, and they take work and you yeah. know people grow up and have jobs and like yeah they can't devote the time that they were able to before to mm-hmm. like maintaining it and volunteering and taking door and cleaning and you know booking and right. it's a lot of work you know and and it, it's like I hope at some point someone would like to, to pick up the torch for that and, sure. and maybe try it. Um, I know like other cities have managed to do it for years, but you know Fresno's a little different that way. I guess we we do have to go back to work, unfortunately, yeah. to survive. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to people up and coming hmm. and currently playing, hmm. being creative? Uh, what advice would you give to the audience? Oh, man, that's kind of tough because, like, it's easy to give advice and hard to listen to it. Sure. 
because I've been told so many times, like, who cares what anyone thinks? Be yourself. Do what you want to do. Follow your passion. You know, who cares if you look dumb? Don't be afraid to look stupid. Don't be afraid to ask a dumb question. But I still was stuck in my own head about it. And maybe that comes down to, like, seeking help in a way. Like, it's okay to, to ask questions. It's okay to ask for help. Um, maybe if I <laughs> had done things for my mental health. Oh, she's got something in her mouth. What you got there? Oh. Also been, okay. It's a, uh-oh. It's a, oh, it's got it in the front yard. Yeah. And you should not be happy about <laughs> no, that. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. That's a that's a really hard question to answer, to be honest. That's okay. Because I think. You don't have to answer that question. Yeah, it's you. hard because, it's I mean, you up. could give all the advice you want, but ultimately sure. each individual is different. Um, but I, I would say, I would go ahead and be corny and just be like, who cares what people think? Like, if you, if you really, if it brings you joy and you're feeling good about what you're doing, just do it. if you think this song is good and you like it put it out there don't be afraid somebody might like it or everybody might like it who knows yeah no i I completely agree with that yeah share your art share share your art share your story even Mm -hmm. you know um that's something i've kind of learned recently um i I, for fear of looking like an egomaniac or for fear of looking like self-centered i didn't want to talk about my story, quote-unquote story, yeah. you know? And when you start to be more vulnerable and, and 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 being vulnerable, you know, and saying, you know, I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling with imposter syndrome, I don't know if I'm good enough. There are so many people who listen to it and go, oh, my God, me too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad you shared that because I've been feeling this, and I feel validated. And, and you know, so... Go ahead, share your story. I think it's important. Even if it's something mundane and it's on your Instagram and you're just, like, drinking a beer, like, and you want to share that with the world, do it. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy it. Like, share share your life. Share your story. Share, share the beauty that you see because somebody else is going to see it, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that that's those are really kind words for people that are feeling down on themselves uh, yeah. um, really appreciate hanging out with you um, been hanging out with Amelia Guadarrama Guadarrama um, it's Jonathan Lofi mm-hmm. with No Life Fresno <laughs> thank you out, for having me hanging out with uh, Zena the dog that's chewing a, a bone uh, yep that, she's munching that <laughs> <laughs> something fierce <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Best ask for forgiveness, yeah, right? right? It's easier to ask for forgiveness. I'll see you all down the line. See, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're eating that balance on the front Zina, porch. you're going to get so much trouble. Well. <sighs> she doesn't know. She's just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a No Life Fresno production, a branding department brand. To learn more about branding department, visit brandingdepartment.com and check out our full blog of No Life Fresno content, including these recordings at nolifefresno.com. Music by Jonathan Lofi.